7 o'clock and it's time for the Scots Whehe Show. And that was Camera Obscura and Lloyd, I'm ready to be 
Heartbroken from Let's Get Out of This Country, which came out back in 2006. And it's coming out on vinyl on the 30th of June with Elephant Records. So if you like your vinyl, then that's definitely one to add to your collection. Welcome to the Scots Wahey Show on Cam Glen Radio with me, Ali Braidwood. And between now and 9pm, you'll hear the very best Scottish music. Some of it will be old, but most will be brand new. And there are all of our regular features. Our Artist of the Week is Fiona Rutherford, who I'll be talking to, as well as playing tracks from the album Seed. The featured album is Amy Mae Ellis's Over Ling and Bell, and we'll play a couple of tracks from it. And our book recommendations is part one of our crime specials. Um, we're going to talk about two books this week and two books next week. We also have TV, podcast and gig suggestions for you to consider. However, each week we kick things off with three of the best new releases, starting with Jack Callum Richardson, and this is Brother Death.
don't care how it looks I just want a ton of information I've been riffing and rambling At almost any occasion It's always the same message The same notation And the first of those three new releases was Jack Callum Richardson and Brother Death. What a cracking piece of music that is. Jack has played with Harry and the Hendersons, Kitty, Cara Rose and more. Fine company to keep, but I hope there's more music from Jack soon, solo music from Jack soon, because that's kind of blown me away. Then you heard Housekind and Salt Shield, which is taken from the EP The Foam Road. Uh, That's out now with OK Pal Records. And just there you heard Ruby Gaines and How It Looks. The welcome return of Ruby Gaines. And there's no doubt as to who you're listening to as soon as the vocals kick in. There's going to be an EP later in the year and we're hoping to speak to Ruby when that is coming out. We're going to continue with the new music now. This is a track actually came out last week, but I had to play it for you. It's by Meekness. 
and it's called Avoidance.
And that was Meekness and Avoidance, which is out now with Lost Map Records. We move on to our book recommendations for this week, and it's part one of a crime specials. I read a lot of crime recently, so I wanted to share with you the very best. And we're going to start with Doug Johnson and the Opposite of Lonely, which is the latest in his Skelf series. Here's a bit from the back of the book to let you know what's going on. The Skelf women are recovering from the cataclysmic events that nearly claimed their lives. Their funeral director and private investigation businesses are back on track and their cases are as perplexing as ever. Matriarch Dorothy looks into a suspicious fire at an illegal campsite and takes a grieving homeless man under her wing. Daughter Jenny is searching for her missing sister-in-law who disappeared in tragic circumstances, while granddaughter Hannah is asked to investigate increasingly dangerous conspiracy theorists who are targeting a retired female astronaut, putting her own life at risk. With a body lost at sea, funerals for those with no one to mourn them, reports of strange happenings in outer space, a funeral crasher with a painful secret and a violent attack on one of the family, the Skelves face their most personal and perilous cases yet. Doing things their way may cost them everything. And while I've been a fan of Doug Johnson's for years, it does feel like the Skelf series is the writer at the top of his game. He has had critical success with his recent sci-fi novel, The Space Between Us, which we spoke about on an earlier show and which I highly recommend. But there are few books I look forward to more than a new Skelf novel, and I hope there are many more to come. And that's me talking about Doug Johnson's The Opposite of Lonely, which is out now with Arenda Books. The next novel I'm going to talk about is Denzel Myrick's No Sweet Sorrow. Again, this is from the back of the book. A potent new drug has hit the streets of Kinloch and DCI, Daly and Scott are struggling to catch the notorious gang behind this evil trade. After a party of Oxford students arrives in town for a camping trip before a Himalayan expedition, one of the group seeks out an illegal high and is violently assaulted. However, these students are well connected and this brings further unexpected problems for Daly. Ultimately, he and Scott will discover crimes as disturbing in nature as anything they have ever confronted. And this is the 11th book in the DCI Daily series, and few have created a world so complete as Myrick has done with these publications, with characters you root for, even when their actions may cause concern. This is crime writing at its very best, and if you don't know DCI Daily, now is the perfect time to fix that. And that's me talking about Denzel Myrick's No Sweet Sorrow, which is out now, published by Polygon Books. And we'll feature two more crime novels in next week's show. It's straight back to the new releases now. This is the latest from Aberdreamen, and it's called Every When.
was only your mother because I was alone, you know, was only your father because you weren't so grown, you know, I'm doing fine, yeah, I'm so happy, it's so sublime to be on the back people, where were my life, where were my daddy, where were my wife, why don't you love me? Alice Faye's latest single, Nowhere to Go, which is taken from the EP Deadbeat, which is going to be coming out in July. I can't wait to hear the whole EP. Alice Faye is just making fantastic music at the moment. And rightly, people are sitting up and taking notice. And before that, you heard Aberdreaming and Every When, which is hot on the heels of their recent release, Machines. So good to have new music from Aberdreaming. 
Now it's time for Ali's Comfort Break, that time in every show where I play you a track longer than those usually played on the radio. And this week it's the full 6 minutes and 44 seconds of Founds, a souvenir for every hope you had.
And that was Found and a Souvenir for Every Hope You Had, taken from 2015's album Cloning. And if you're not aware of Found, do take time to check them out. They're a fantastic band. And that was Ali's Comfort Break for this week. We return now to the new music. This is The Joy Hotel with Iona Lee and Killing Time. Through the night Lay me down 
When I wake up in the morning, I look at my phone before I even stand and watch the world fall apart in the palm of my hand. I creep like a clock through the day, ticking like a dripping tap. Time, the material I am made of, and the limits of Nightmares. Then I remember hopes in my daydream. Memories play musical chairs. 
what you choose Do you know how to lose Whatever it is going on in your mind Whatever it is going on in your mind first of those two tracks was the new single by the Joy Hotel with Iona Lee and Killing Time, collaboration with Poet and member of Acolyte Iona Lee. And just there you heard Wall Sun Sun and Memories and Wall Sun Sun were playing a rare gig at McNeil's in Glasgow Southside recently, which unfortunately I couldn't make, but it did make me go back and re-listen to their 2018 album Oranges. It's a fantastic record. If you don't know Wall Sun Sun, then do check it out. And and if they're playing again soon, I'm going to try my best to catch them. Now we move on to our TV recommendation for this week. It's a series of six programmes which is on iPlayer at the moment. It's called Icons of Football. And the first one is looking at Charlie Nicholas. Here's a bit more about that. Growing up in Glasgow, Charlie Nicholas dreamed of playing for Celtic, the team he loved. And when the chance to make his dream come true came along, he grabbed it, scored goals for fun and earned himself the nickname Champagne Charlie after hitting 48 goals for Celtic in one season. It goes on to cover his mixed-time Arsenal, coming back up to Scotland to play with Aberdeen and then returning to Celtic and also his time Afterwards, it's a fascinating insight into one of Scottish football. I mean, Charlie Nicholas was such a good player. He's a man who maybe splits opinions now and it goes into all of those things. The second one is on Paul Sturrock and the third is on Rose Riley. You've got one on Archie McPherson, one on Stevie Archibald. And I think Stevie Archibald is a hugely underrated player. Definitely an icon though. And Richard Goff as well. It's called Icons of Football. It's on iPlayer at the moment and you can catch all six of them right now. Now it's time for our featured album of the week, which is Amy Mae Ellis's Overling and Bell. And from it, this is Wild Geese.
And that was Amy May Ellis and Wild Geese, which is taken from our featured album for this week, Overling and Bell. And I'll play you another track from it later in the show. You're listening to the Scots Wehe Show on Cam Glen Radio, and my name is Ali Braidwood. And next is a new release from David Lato. This is Home Planet. <laughs> I try to feel my body Fraction after fraction It's tiring to exist in an abstraction My ears are on the far shore Waiting for the swell My heart has always been a sunken bell Some nights in my sleep A dream that I With everyone I love Every love I've ever known I'm rolling in the footwell We're off to see a show I'm giving up on how things ought to go Featureless faces Chaos in the pool hall Some of us were born behind the eight ball Oh, some nights in my sleep A dream that I am home With every
That was David Lato and Home Planet, taken from the EP of the same name. And I have to say, I think that's one of the best things I've heard from David to date. Now it's time for our Artist of the Week, who is Fiona Rutherford. And I'll be talking to Fiona in a moment after you've heard a track from the album Seed. This is The Buzz.
And you've just heard The Buzz by Fiona Rutherford from her album Seed. And I'm so pleased to be joined by Fiona now. Hello, Fiona. Hi there. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. So first of all, can you talk about Seed? Um, it seems to me it's an album that's got stories in it and different themes as well. So what can you tell us about it? Well, Seed is it's based on the idea of um, something growing from something very small, uh, which is kind of how I felt about the album. It's a very gradual process for me writing this album um, for several reasons. One of them being uh, I've now got two very young children. So I recorded the album really gradually over quite a few years, which kind of fitted in with, um, with them. And also being self-funded, it kind of allowed me to, to spread the cost of it as well. So um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it just, I came up with the title later on in the process and it just seemed right because it had started really small and eventually it had grown into a fully formed project. Um, and um, along the way, I worked with a lot of um, great musicians, and I kind of um, added parts as I went along. Some of the some of the tracks started off just with the harp or um, as a solo solo um, instrumental, and then gradually added the things I went along. So, so yeah, just the idea of something growing, and um, that's why I felt that was a good name. And you've got some. You mentioned there you've got some other musicians on that. Some collaborations. Yes. Tell us about those. Uh, yeah, can you tell us a bit about those? Yes, yeah, so so Amy Duncan, who sings and plays bass on the album, and me and her have worked together for probably about ten years actually. And, and first of all, I, I played the harp on her her songs a lot, and I recorded in several of her albums. She's got many many amazing albums, um, and we also kind of had another duo going for quite a while, which was a double bass and harp um, duo, mainly playing my compositions. So, um, yes, I, she's someone that I think we've got very similar musical tastes and then we, we work together really well. So um, the songs were actually originally written for the Distill organization, and Distill, which is an organization run by Hands Up for Trad, where musicians get a chance to write for Mr. McFall's chamber in a performance. And, so I originally wrote those songs for that, um, and they were performed with the yeah, McFalls Chamber um, quite a few years back. I just thought it was good to include include them and include Amy since she's someone I've worked with for so long. So, so um, so I had her, and then we ended up recording with Pete Harvey, who's he's worked a lot with Modern Studies and King and He's got his own own little studio set up. In Perthshire, so he was a great choice. Um, I knew him already, and he he's quite used to putting string sections together um, and bringing them to the studio. So so um, it's great to work with him. Um, who else is on the album? There's a the buzz, as you would have heard, has got um, the woodwind players from Admiral Fowles. Well, it was great. We recorded them in a in a Sarah the Pilotists in flat in Glasgow. So yeah, the album was recorded. All over the place. I should also say oh, the sound engineer Cameron Malcolm was absolutely brilliant at just bringing, he's got some really, really good microphones and he was happy to bring them to wherever <laughs> was needed. So some of the tracks were recorded in really nice, um, like uh, church halls, and then quite a few in my flat. And um, 
and people as well. So all over. And my friend Martha also recorded remotely from Leicester. So uh, <laughs> and she did some of the bookings as well. So yeah, no. Oh, and I must mention also my sister Jenny, who plays the piano on the track. So um, yeah, I did play the piano as well, but not to Jenny's standards. So it was really oh. nice to... <laughs> To, I, was, uh, I, was, I was going to say, I noticed there was another Rutherford in the album. Yes. Don't forget the family member, whatever you do. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, um, yeah, so we recorded the piano. Actually, they were the like, kind of bookends. The Wire track was the very first track recorded in the whole album. Very long time ago now. Um, and that was um, Cameron had some access to his studio at Napier University. So we, we got to use the piano there for that, which was good. And then the very the other piano track was the very last one to be recorded and that was the Edinburgh Society of Musicians have a really nice hall that you went out. So yeah, great to work with my sister and then she's also got similar musical tastes to me. So I think she kind of understands what you mean without having to see it. And then um, yeah she's she's a classically trained Yes, but with very eclectic musical tastes also. Um, yeah, very talented. And did you say it was recorded over six years or started six years ago? It's been going... Six years, I know that kind of makes me go, oh. But yes, I guess it was, because my oldest... Probably about five years recording gradually. There was a big break during COVID, of course. But um, yeah, five, probably about five years overall. Um, yeah, something that was so slow you were kind of forgot you were doing it. <laughs> then you just then you get some more, more momentum behind you. So, um, yeah. And sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, did that time allow you to kind of uh, work with these fantastic other musicians and go to different places and find the perfect places to record? Was it? Did you turn that into a real kind of benefit? I think so in some ways because I sort of thought about it quite a lot and um, you know I think financially just like having the cost to just Go in the studio for a whole week is quite a big expense, but like to do strings, if you're doing it gradually, you've got a, a lump of money to use, and then you you know you can move on and wait till you've got some a bit more <laughs> spare money to do the next. So I, yeah, I think it made you really think about it and think about whether it was a sound that you really wanted. You know, have quite a few dishes on it, or if you were if you just wanted the track as it was. The only thing is like it's it's pretty hard to play the whole album live due to the due to the kind of expense of it and the varied lineup of the um, I can play the solo heart tracks, but the <laughs> otherwise it's um, quite difficult to play it all. I, I was going to ask you that question if you're going we're going to play yes. it. Or even a different version of it. Is that something you've thought about? Um yeah, I would love to do some more live playing. I've not done some for a while really actually and yeah, I'd love to get to do some more even just like heart sets um, as part of thing. I've not got not got any any plan for the album specifically, but um, yeah, something that kind of took some time off playing, and it's something I'm really keen to get back into because you just realise that you you miss it. I'm not so hot on the organising of playing live, but love doing it. <laughs> so, and. Because this took a long period of time, maybe this uh, question is different to other people's. But I was going to ask you, how do you approach writing and recording it? an album you're like where do you begin does it seem like you know a bit like when people a writer say right I'm going to do a novel now I've done short stories and now I'm going to do a novel is it a similar kind of daunting thing to take on 
Um, I think when I did, so the first, I'd written the first track, Wired, and I remember that being a real turning point where I decided, right, this is the start of a, a new album I want to do. But I think I hadn't totally decided all the tracks I was going to include until, um, you know, I didn't decide them right at the start. It kind of went, as I went along, I decided. Um, it's probably more tracks I could have done, potentially. Um, but yeah, I feel like they, as lots of musicians would say, it's really hard to describe them, but I feel like one thing it's all got in common is it's, um, it's quite sort of energetic in some ways, and um, lots of bursts of melody. Um, and I, I don't know, I kind of felt like they came together, even though they were all quite diverse, like you know, some, um, yeah, and tricky to summarise in terms of style. I think as a listener, when you hear um, there's an album, the, the main person, the main instrument is going to be the harp. You have a certain kind of idea about what that's going to be. And I think this album kind of not turns it on its head, but, you know, as you say, there is more energy perhaps and different facets to it than someone might expect. And that's coming with prejudice, of course. But would you yeah. agree? Yes. No, I think that's totally true. And um, I think my stuff's always been a bit like that. <laughs> you know, like I've always... I've always um, performed my own music for, for a long time. Like since, since as soon as I started playing the harp, I started writing for it. And I think people have always kind of said it's it's um, you know real crossover in music, yeah. which I guess makes sense to me because I kind of did traditional music, Scottish music a lot, and classical a lot. So it kind of makes sense that you know I can produce a kind of hybrid. And how did you? How did the harp become your instrument? How did you discover that this was for you? Um, so I didn't actually start playing the harp till I was 14. And then as soon as I started, I was like very keen and decided this is what I was going to do. I th I'd seen someone play um, a primary school and I remember I really loved it. But I didn't really think, you know, I'm going to be able to learn that or anything. And then when I went to secondary school, I was with the kids um, from Gaelic Medium. And in fact, um, I'm sure you know Rachel Newton. Yeah. She, yes, she was uh, she was in my class at high school. So there was kids learning the harp. So that kind of it kind of um, was on my radar a lot more that you could learn it and found out about joining the classic society and hiring one. And then that was me. So then after a year I went to the music unit at Broughton and for studying learners. So then and yeah, I just always found it really creative. I'd played the clarinet a bit before and I enjoyed it but it wasn't once once I started the harp I was a lot more into it and just writing stuff and then I started the piano as well shortly afterwards which I use for writing I always write harp music at the harp but if I write for other instruments I use the piano and and are you have you you said earlier on that you'd worked with Amy Duncan previously yes is collaborating something that you really enjoy that you know working with with people even when it's not your music when it's perhaps their turn to be in charge yes definitely because i think you know that's how you how you kind of go as a relationship that was like like soaking up other styles and yeah get getting ideas and you know, i think it's also like helps shape your own style of just trying out a lot of different different kind of music so so yes but amy's my yeah amy's my longest running collaborator, I think I've done a lot, you know, like quite often things tend to be like a one-off and then, um, or 
you know, it's just to do with what a specific gig, but with um, with Amy, it kind of stuck for for a long time. So that's great. And before we we started, you'd said that you'd just come back. Um, come back from Belfast, is that right? Is that the, no? I've just I'm not just arrived. Just arrived in Belfast, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. And it suddenly struck me, a harp's not an easy thing to take on a plane, is it? Oh no, I'm actually I'm actually harpless this weekend. Right, okay. okay. The weekend. but yeah, no, I have flown with my harp before. And the kind of the ironic thing is, Ryan Ryan your hate harps, even though it's their symbol. <laughs> 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 Really? But I have I have a um, special heart flight case which is um, pretty sturdy because I've seen how they, they like they really chuck instruments. But, um, yeah, it's like an ex an expensive but useful thing to have the flight heart case. Um, yeah, and I, I'm it's not always relied upon that it will show up as well if you do fly with it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is a whole new meaning on you arrive and your luggage has gone elsewhere. If yeah, instruments going elsewhere. Yeah. So now that seeds is out, um, mm -hmm. what do you, do you reflect upon? How do you think about it, or do you just move on to writing the next thing? I'm always interested in how, how people feel because listeners start to hear it for the first time. But often musicians, they're not sick of the songs, but you yes. know, living with them a long time. I know exactly what you mean, and also because it was such a long process, um, including even the final bit. Actually, even when it was totally recorded it was quite a long gap before it was actually released um, so it feels really good <laughs> finally um, and it kind of occupies headspace I think as well until it's out so I just feel happy that I've got some you know some recent work that people can hear and um, hopefully enjoy and also um, yeah to move on and write new stuff I'm, I'm keen to get one writing new stuff which I've been doing already and just yeah hopefully one the next album won't take so long. It's keen to keep, keep the listening stuff. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's funny though. Um, I guess I wrote really the music I wanted to write, and I didn't really think so much about oh, is this going to be so easy to perform? Um, I think I just wanted to write for all those instruments, and then yeah, it's interesting to consider whether the next thing will be something that's maybe will be the same, <laughs> um, or something that's maybe easier to kind of um, perform a bit more. So I have to consider that. <laughs> if you did get everyone involved on the album in the same room to play, it would be quite the super group. It would be... It uh, would be very expensive, I think, unfortunately. <laughs> Fiona, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really do appreciate it. That's great. No, thank you for chatting to me. I uh, yeah, hope you enjoy the seats. Oh, absolutely, I do. I've been really enjoying it. And this is Fiona Rutherford with Amy Duncan and Still Joy.
And that was Fiona Rutherford with Amy Duncan and Still Joy, taken from Fiona's album Seed. And thanks again to Fiona for taking the time to talk to me. It's very much appreciated. You're listening to the Scots Way Hay Show with me, Ali Braidwood, and we return to the new music next. This is Azamia. I may be saying that wrong, but the track's called Night Woman.
was Azamia and Night Woman taken from the fantastic album In Phases. It's going to be a future album of the week, I can assure you. It's out now on Rebecca's Records. Now it's time for our podcast suggestion for this week, and it's the Northern Bibliosphere podcast. Here's the trailer for it. Hello everyone and welcome to Northern Bibliosphere, a new podcast series taking you on a literary journey across the north of Scotland. Each episode will be flicking through a different chapter of book culture across the Highlands and Murray. We'll be chatting to look at writers about their work, browsing bookshops and discovering events and initiatives from the local literary scene. I'm Freddie, an Italian transplanted in the Highlands and a reporter for Highland News and Media. I'm also a bit of a bookworm on a mission to explore the beauty of the region through different perspectives, words and voices. If you want to join us as we welcome our first guests, subscribe to Northern Bibliosphere on your favourite podcast player. And if you have an author, book or literary project that you would like to feature on our podcast, drop us an email at northernbibliosphere.pod at gmail.com or get in touch on our social channels. Hope to see you there. Bye! That was the trailer for Northern Bibliosphere and the episode that I was drawn to is episode 32. There's 33 of them so far. But this one looks at Philip Paris's book, The Last Witch of Scotland, which we talked about on an earlier show as one of our book recommendations. Here's a bit more about the podcasts. In our very first itinerant interview, we visited Dornach and some of the key locations on which The Last Witch of Scotland by Philip Paris is based. The author takes us from the cemetery and cathedral to the stone marking the place where Janet Horne, the last person to be condemned for witchcraft in the UK, was executed. 
A moving story told through the eyes of Janet's daughter, the book is full of characters you'll soon become fond of and an engaging and entertaining way to learn more about this part of Scotland's past. And as I say, there's over 30 of the episodes which you can go and check out. I'm going to do that myself. They include interviews with people such as Chris Dolan, Graeme McRae Burnett, Hannah Lavery, James Robertson, Cal Flynn and many, many others. It's called Northern Bibliosphere and it is a podcast suggestion for this week. I listen to it on Spotify, but I'm sure you'll be able to find it wherever you get your podcasts from. Now I'm going to play you another two new releases in a row, starting with Snows of Yesteryear and this is Deer Across My Path. i 
Just there you heard Cara and the new single Sky Goddess, which is described as this. From the depths of despair to the heights of heaven, Scottish singer-songwriter Cara is back with her new song Sky Goddess. That's a fabulous description. 
And before that, you heard the latest from Snows of Yesteryear, which is called Deer Across My Path. And that's taken from their self-titled debut album, which is going to come out in August this year. And I'm hoping we'll get to talk to Snows of Yesteryear on the show to learn more about them and their music. We return to our featured album for this week, which is Amy May Ellis's Overling and Bell. And from it, this is RLS.
that was Amy Mae Ellis and RLS, taken from our featured album for this week, Overling and Bell. And it's inspired by the North Yorkshire Moors where Amy Mae Ellis was raised. It's a beautiful record, which is gentle and intriguing and moving and all sorts of things. It's out now with Lost Map Records. It's called Overling and Bell. It's by Amy Mae Ellis and it is our featured album for this week. Now it's time for a pick off the gigs for the week ahead. And first of all, I want to highlight Kirsten Adamson, who's going to be at the Glad Cafe on Thursday, the 29th of June. Kirsten Adamson is always fantastic live. This would be a really special night if you can get along to see it. And the next night at the same venue at the Glad Cafe in Glasgow, Double A Side Records are celebrating their sixth birthday party, is it really? That is Friday the 30th. And appearing to help Double A Side celebrate that birthday are the wife guys of Reddit, Home Economics and Curdle. In Edinburgh on the same night, Friday the 30th, the BMX Bandits will be playing at the Voodoo Rooms. And on the same night in the same city, at Bannermans on the Cowgate, Nanobots, Salt and The Bomb will be playing. Bannermans is a cracking little venue. And then on Saturday the 1st of July, back through in Glasgow at Mono, there's a really great lineup where Vague Reality, Spice Dream and Empty Space will be playing. And that is our pick of the gigs for the coming week. I'm going to fit in a couple more before we see Cheerio, starting with the latest from Never Fine. This is Voices.
Day Sleeper with the unmistakable voice of Leo Balgery and Nailed to the Floor, taken from the EP of the same name, which is out now. And Day Sleeper will be at the Mash House in Edinburgh on July the 14th. And before that, you heard the second single from Neverfine called Voices, following on from their debut track Silhouettes, which rightly got a lot of attention when it came out. And that's all, folks, for another week. This has been the Scott Swahey Show and I've been Ali Braidwood and I hope you've enjoyed yourself as much as I have. If you missed any of the show or would like to listen again, then head over to camglenradio.org forward slash listen again or you can go to scottswahey.com. Next up on Cam Glen is Paul Puppet's Spangled Show, so stay tuned for that. But I hope I'll see you here next Sunday between 7 and 9pm to do it all over again. 
I'm going to leave you with some Eugenius. This is the excellent Umalama. Take care, have a great week, and I'll see you soon.
Radio is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people. This station, Cam Glen Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers and you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do. And it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glen Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. Cam Glen Radio. Community announcements. An app is available for your smartphone that gives you money advice and information. The app, My Life, My Money Learner Share, is available from your app store. If you're fostering, adopted or got a child living in kinship care that's aged between 0 and 5 years old, you can sign up to receive a free book every month until the term 5. To register, speak with your social work contact. And finally, new health walks are starting in Canvas Lang, running every Friday at 11am, being run by Get Walking Larkshire. The group will meet at the Morrisons, to the right of the store entrance. Booking is essential for the first time you join them. Book by emailing getwalkinglarkshire at northland.gov.uk or calling 07903-358-424. I'm David Cuthbertson and that's your community announcements on Cam Glen Radio. If you have an event or activity happening in Rutherglen or Canvas Lang, let us know. Email whatson at camglenradio.org or for more events in your community, visit camglenradio.org local.